What's up, freaks? We're back for another episode of Masters of Sport. I'm here with our co-author of the Sports Performance Bible, Earl Kunkel. You also helped me co-write Howdy. Parabolic Periodization as well. I've been a co-author of two books now <laughs> yeah. on sports training. Yeah. feels pretty uh, pop up my chest, but I don't do that thing. I really can't puff it out that far. I only have like one peck that kind of works. <laughs> so, what, you're, yes, you're accurate. So what we're going to do in today's episode is the Sports Performance Bible has just come out, and we want to go through essentially yeah. this could be like a blueprint on how someone could get the book and then use it. Yeah. And it's essentially like you're, you're basically going to cover the content, and then we're going to go yep. into – like what what each chapter is about essentially and Pretty how much. people can use it. Um, before though, how do you feel that it's out now? Relieved. Relieved. Are, are they, that was the first in my notes. Yeah. I had relieved, excited, nervous. You know, and then my my fun the fun one, which I actually know is the truth too. Ready to start the next project. I think, dude. <laughs> I think that's my whole. So I had I had lunch today and. Um, this uh, long meeting because we're trying to just do this stuff business-wise. and Making moves. Yeah, and uh, the individual who I had the meeting with knows me well because he's worked with me in the past with buying this property and whatnot. And we're basically trying to figure out stuff with, like, our moving the building, moving the gym in, like, a couple years. And I just mentioned, like, oh, you know, I got to figure out what would make me happy with it. And he's like, do you know what would make you happy? And I was like, I think that's part of my problem in life is like, yeah, what makes me happy is just doing this. Like, yeah, just constantly going and working on the next thing, which I isn't a bad trait. It's a good trait because it's like you want to be creative and, and make something and, and build it and like see it come to fruition like this give it to people to use and apply, but then you want to do it again. And it's like, there's got to be a period of like two to six weeks where you're just like, let me, it's almost like an off season. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, let me just engage with the fact that we did that. Yeah. I guess I don't know if I've ever really done that. Nah. Cause <laughs> I'm pretty sure before that was out, you've already sent me three ideas. At, at least three, at least three, but, yeah. One you were really big on. The speed one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the periodization one. Yeah. Both of them, yeah. If You don't know. He has an idea. He sends it to, like, people within things. <laughs> and essentially, I don't know how other people respond, cause I, but I know I'm one of the channels that gets it. Yeah. I tend to, when he says something to me, find what I like and then critique the living hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. To say, like, this may be a hole here. All right, I see where you're going here, but how does it reflect that? Like, at least that's my mindset with it. Yeah. Because I know that's what you want. You, yeah. Like, if I told you, oh, it's good, it's perfect as it is, you'd be like, it's worthless. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for wasting my time. <laughs> and anyway, too, like, if you're not critical, you're going to think it's good enough. Yeah, and then you, and the only way it's good enough, put out good enough, and it's bullshit. Yeah, the only way it's good enough is if you're hitting the world record or they're putting the gold medal on you. Yeah, like yeah. It, like it's that simple. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to compete, and like capitalism is just competing. Well, I think <laughs> to, to be fair to capitalism, as much as I believe there's some extremely massive horrific flaws with it. Yeah, we got a lot more billionaires lately. <laughs> what? Well, that's <laughs> terrible. Uh, one of the pluses is and I don't think it's capitalism that, that brings this out. I think it's just who I am, maybe who we are as a group and what we're trying to do here. And, and, and what we're trying to do is like take what we're doing on site and realize like there's a lot of people out there that could benefit from this. Um, and, and I think that that's sort of my flaw is that, you know, messaging you with those ideas. It's like, they're all basically ideas that we're going to do something with eventually. It's just how big. Yeah. How big. And it's also like the process for this book was better than the last one. The process for the next book is going to be even better. Yeah. And I think so. It's like we're constantly refining and getting better. And, and it's also something where um, every so every everything, every time we're learning and we're getting better at it. And it's almost like for us, 
the sport is creating stuff that's cool that other people can use in their life to improve their life so they are happy and they can achieve these goals and then pass it on to somebody else. But it's all like, um, I think in, in, in our realm, it's just constantly trying to be the best versions of ourselves. The sport isn't going to end until we're dead. Yeah. You know, we're this just, is our sport now. We're working our brains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the cool part. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was an underachiever. I was an underachiever as, a, as an athlete in, at the collegiate level and post-collegiate level, but I don't want to be that business-wise. Yeah. Maybe. Coaching-wise, too. Coaching-wise, yeah, more so coaching-wise. I care more so about that than... The coaching? Yeah. 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 You need your gold medal champion to emerge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, where are we starting? Where are we starting? <laughs> well, you want to start from the beginning? Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's think about it. I guess, what will coaches get from it, right? That's the beginning. Like, yeah. it, it does sort of start like, hey, coach, do this. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think that, that we touched on this in the last podcast with Trevor was... Yeah. The... Dude, when I read the coach's part for the first time in probably a month and a half, this is when I had COVID and I'm at home. Trevor, Trevor stopped over because he just got off COVID. Um, I actually had COVID before you. Yeah, you were actually the leader, but, the no, COVID leader. Yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't the last time you I was virtually here, gave it to us. I, I was you gave it, it to like, us with an NFT. It was an, a COVID NFT. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> But um, that's be the thumbnail of this yeah, podcast, yeah. COVID <laughs> NFT. Uh, I, I think when I reread it, so Trevor, Trevor conned me. He was like, dude, just read through it. It's going to take you like an hour. Dude, I, I'm reading the first chapter, and I was like, I, I, it took me an hour to read the first tra- chapter. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but, but I was reading it, and I was sitting there, you know, Caitlin's at home because she had COVID too. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this is some good stuff. Like, <laughs> this is good. Like, I was reading it going through and felt, like, motivated, super motivated. Good. And, it's, and it was like, I think, and, and for anyone out there, what ends up happening is basically I talk Earl writes, I think, is, and, and interprets yeah. and then rewrites and, then and interprets. I- and then I'll go through and I'll be like, I need to expand this idea out more. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, you are very, I, f- I feel you're more like, and don't take this the wrong way. You're like, this is the essence, bare bones strip to the point, almost yeah. what I would call like, how can I make this the simplest meme possible? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, I've had conversations with what this is, though, in the long form. And through sort of what I've learned from you, and as we're talking, like I can expand that yeah. into what I know it is you're trying to communicate and what's more like for a book. Yeah, yeah. That's the way, at least that's the way I feel about uh, it. No, I think I think that's fair. Like, And I, I think you did what, what happens is when I was reading the first chapter is I'm going through and I was reading it as though I had nothing to do with the book. And I was thinking like, okay, this is what I would do in this situation. This is what I do with what they're saying here. This is what I do with here. And then I'm going like, wow, if you did everything in this first chapter and just that, you'll get $50,000 worth of content. Dude, and I'm not joking when I say that shit. I'm being dead (laughs) serious. I'm going like, you take chapter one and you apply it to your life and you execute it over and over again. That's fifty thousand plus dollars because now all of a sudden your headaches are so much less because you're communicating better. So, in education, a lot of times they make these comments like, "Kid won't learn anything if they don't like you." Yeah, yeah. And I feel a lot of that stuff in that first one right there teaches you how to make someone want to learn from you. Yeah. Because they like you, and not necessarily they like you, but they know you're invested and you care. So in the last podcast, I talked about Verkashansky Super Training. Everybody can read that book, get a lot of information, whatever. You get all this stuff out of it. Get all these concepts out of it. Cool. One, it doesn't teach you how to apply it. But two, that concept right there with Earl just mentioned is if you want to develop the best athletes in the world, you have to have the, they have to like you and want to compete and train with you, for you, around you all the time. 
And I think that that, that chapter one teaches you. You can buy any book and, and learn all the, the theories, but if you don't have the likability side, you're not going to go yeah. anywhere as a coach. And, and you can have somebody else who has never bought those other books, but they're likable and they have a decent program, they're going to be the better coach. Yeah. And it's a... It's funny to like to see it like uh, last time I said like show don't tell type of thing. Like one thing like y- your athletes will complain about you. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. And it's just but they all stick around. Yeah. And they will give though as much as they get from you. And that's kind of like that's part of the relationship yeah, the yeah, way it's yeah, built. Sure. The, the way you can joke the way you can have fun like but then they also know like serious first like all right we got to step back type of thing. But I, I think my point is that I want to get at is so few athletes leave. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, very few. And I'm not saying like you're not 100%, like, because no one's yeah, no that one good. Is, they get but, along with everyone. But very, very, very few. Very few. Very many stick around. Yeah. And even after they stop training, stick around in other aspects, yeah. in yeah. other means. Um, yeah. And it, it's, and I think that goes to that first chapter. Yeah. Establishing the relationship. Hey, and when it talks about a purposeful journey, it's like, yo, I established a relationship that it keeps going after the sport. It's funny because you say that because I'll sit there and I'll get text messages from athletes. Like, oh, I might go like a month or two. I might, I don't hear from somebody. Uh, actually, Kirsty Bear, she's a great example. She just texts me out of the blue like, hey, my wife's pregnant. Like, just out of the blue. But she always sticks around, like, you know, every couple of months. Yeah. Hey, hey Dane, you're a bitch. You know, like, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> and I think that that, you know, when you said in, in any capacity, they stick around because they, they enjoy the process of, of what it takes. Yeah. And that's in that chapter. And it, so. it's like... And you're was, forming important relationships. Like, when I came here today and... The high school kids, like some of the jokes you were making, they're coming up, they want to talk to you, like you're hugging it out with some of them. <laughs> and I was just thinking, I was like, I remember when I met Dane, the first thing he said to me was, I posted a video and he, he wrote, I hate you, period. <laughs> and I think it's because I was supposed to be doing a power clean into a push press. And it looked more like if the clean looked more like a muscle clean. And I think he was saying like, why, like it was... At least in my brain, he's like, you should be going heavier. <laughs> like, it, it, the, he might have actually hated me, too, because I didn't have lifters on. <laughs> that was probably it, yeah. too. Like, there's silly things. But then, like, he'd say that, but then he'd text you, and he'd start talking to you about, like, what music you're listening to. <laughs> and, like, this book touches on something that simple. Like, yeah. let them, like, who you're coaching, let them be an expert on something. Yeah. So you're showing, hey, I want to learn something about you, like... By the way, this is, uh, speaking about that time and sticking around, Anne Marie just bought a bodybuilding program. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah. And then she she ghosts me for like a week, and then pops back up, and she's like, "Hey, I only did one day so far. Please don't hate me." I'm like, "Dude, you're like, you're bodybuilding for fun. It's okay." Yeah, you, 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 that's you, funny. Yeah, man. Right, so, how do you take us thirty year olds and make us strong? <laughs> Dude, she got. She had, she was she really got third good. at nationals one yeah. year. Yeah, like fifty three. She was legit. Yeah, she did well, and she was like thirty four at the time. Yeah, everybody's like, "Who the hell is this chick?" I'm like, yeah, she's just a freaking some woman that works seventy hours a week and tells everybody what the hell they're doing. Yeah, you know, she's killing it because she owns her shit. Yeah, she's you not like, a bitch. You like that coaching stuff? Yeah, the coaching's good, isn't it? Did you make Caitlin read it then too? <laughs> no, I haven't yet. Actually, I I, I want. And she's more of like she, dude. She can't read on a, on a, computer. Oh, okay, she needs. Yeah, a, she's like, uh, uh-uh, I can't do that shit. I learned how to do that working for Garage Strength. Yeah, I, I do that with the. I mean, I I can do it, just because of travel. I prefer. A I much book. prefer that. Yeah. I like the tactile experience. Yeah. My favorite tactile experience. I'm sorry, this is off thing. I went to, uh, this place. It's called Bad Weekend in the Lehigh Valley. It's yeah. Underground, like place that they would do it or good weekend sorry they messed up whatever it was probably called something else too it was a warehouse like probably should have been in there it was unhealthy <laughs> there was this one show this guy he, he runs an instagram it's called rigs of doom or whatever but he was doing a solo set and he had basically all his amps set up you could literally feel the air move oh because how loud the, it was from the yeah. low end yeah 
that it was hidden, it was one of the greatest experiences of my, like, from, like, just a personal What does that have to do with this? um, Music. How you were into it. I told you. And tactile. Yeah, yeah. Like, feeling things. You were talking... Right before we started, you were talking about chunking. Yeah. How you have your auditory, your visual, yeah, and you're yeah. like tactile. Yeah. And that's where my brain goes. Do you ever think this one going another a little more off task? <laughs> one thing about concerts now that stinks is I feel like we're getting so old we could never go down in the in the pit. It's like like Oh my goodness, it hurts. Well it's like now it's like <laughs> you gotta like stretch. It's more like you just gotta take in the show for the show, not and not down in the in the you're not in the weeds anymore. Like yeah. you're old, you gotta let other people engage in the weeds and they do the job and you just observe and take it in. Yeah. Man. It's like part of growing up. It's like dude, I, I I'm only saying this because I went to an M eighty three show like, dude, that's probably twenty fifteen. And I was like, literally like front row. And I even love then, that. I was like, dude, I'm like 32 years old. I don't know if I should be front row right now. I try not to go to shows that have more than 100 people in attendance okay, anymore. So, yeah. The last big show I was at was the Rolling Stones. Okay. Because my wife was able to get tickets through a company I, she worked with at the time. We look at what that Tool concert is. Yeah, you're supposed... I, I thought it. you got... You're, I have the tickets. All right, when yeah. is it? I don't know. We have to look at that. You have the tickets. You don't know. Do you want to go see Primus then, too? Yeah. They're, I think they're not... They played here in Reading. Yeah, they're, but they're doing like a King Crimson album, I think, or something like uh, that. Whatever. All right, back to this. Oh, yeah, Coaching. <laughs> we'll move on to the second yeah. chapter, Purposeful Journey. Well, no, chapter two would be... Yeah, but I know this is our Purposeful Journey of the podcast. Yeah, chapter two. <laughs> all right, chapter two. This is when we start getting more into the programming. Stuff, yeah, and I right? think so. Okay, so this will be more of much more uh, applied stuff. This is technical coordination. Yeah, it starts with the technical coordination, which is basically it alludes to the reflexive strength stuff, but yeah. technical coordination, you garage strength tends you tend to say it's like snatch, clean, and jerk. All variations. All variations under yeah. that. Yeah. And I think what you'll what you'll see is like being creative with the movements and, and, and even getting to the point where you could invent a movement based off of these, these. Especially with the reflexive movements. Yeah, especially reflexive movements. But it's also something where, you know, it's, I, I've never understood why strength coaches love to see other crazy movements. Like they'll see Joel Seidman do something. Right. But then they, they hesitate to make something up themselves. And I think that this, this is sort of like the past. Like, hey, Try a snatch, try a clean, try a jerk, and create something out of it. It's, man, have you ever been in a school environment, like, or heard a teacher talk? You'll see these kids who get A's. Yeah. And these kids. And you, you, I think, may be a little bit different in in what I'm going down. They I wasn't getting A's. They want to know what to do and how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And they want to be told. Yeah. And then they just want to do what they're told. Yeah. And if you give something that's maybe more open-ended, they start having 80 questions because there's no one there's up on high yeah. saying, do, do this, this, do it's, it that way. It's like, no, you got to run with this. And it, and I think that's the idea you're getting at. Like yeah. what you're saying, like, yo, here's permission. To run with it. To run. Yeah. Go be creative. Yep. Um, now, there's limits. And if you're going to run really far, like, you may hit a wall and yeah. it may hurt. Yeah. But hey, how are you going to know where that wall is if you don't run into it? Yeah. I, I think, and I, I think you know some of the stuff we get into with the reflexive work too is like, I believe this is one of the most groundbreaking concepts because I, I, I've, I've predicted this in the past is that this is where we're going to be going five to ten years from now with sports medicine, with uh, rehabilitation, with, and with high end elite world class athletes as well is going to be reflexive work and sort of the movement patterns on all access uh, axes or however you would uh, pronounce yeah. it. And the it, omnidirectional. Yeah. And just X, Y, and Z. All over the place. Yeah. And I think that that's when I was reading through it going like, all right, this was a good explanation in, you know, in a document yeah. that you can really put into your head. And it's something that's super visual. Reflexive movements are way easier to see. To see. Yeah. And I think that that's where what I think is going to be interesting is in their next project is using 
even more visuals in content with this and with a course yeah. uh, in the future. But for this, it's like you can you did a good job writing out how it works and and you can feel like the movement yeah. pattern based off of what you, you know described. Help me with that. And anyone who's been listening to this stuff in the past is the video game. I just oh, yeah, I yeah. always think of a joystick. Yeah. And what's funny is my wife and me started playing this game called It Takes Two, and you have to play it with, with two, two players. People. You can't play it by yourself. And I've been playing uh, like from software games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff like that, where you use the left joystick to move, yeah. and the right joystick is to look. Yeah. So you have to be using both your thumbs to like be moving and looking. And she's first time having to do this. Yeah. And oh my goodness, is she bad right now? <laughs> to the point where she knows like I'm frustrated and she's like, I quit. I was like, oh, all right. I'm like, you're not going to get any better if you don't keep. Anyway, but it's like funny. But that's my whole mind with reflexive. So it's, I, just, it's exactly that. It, it's and, exactly that. And to the point of the reflexive movements, you watch like an athlete do those movements. They make them look easy. Like yeah. they're a joke. They're yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah. So more personal story. I was able to teach my six-year-old how to snatch and clean and jerk. Right. Like. It's possible. It, it was super, very. It was easy. Like, you right. know, teach them how to squat. So teach them how to do it from the hip. Don't put any load on it. Just yeah. let them do it. Yeah. And next thing you know, the, the kid can do it. Right. Like. I ask him to do a reflexive movement and the wheels fall off. Yeah, it's like all over the wheels place. Wheels just fall yeah. off. And like I'm just I won't even have him do it weighted. I'll just be like, do this and go there. And that's where the that's where it comes into with like kinesthetic vocabulary. Yes. And I think that that's where you, what they'll get out of technical coordination is essentially it it has to be trained from an early age and it has to be constantly reinforced and then throughout time and long duration of training that's when they'll be able to achieve yeah and that's smooth. in the book too you do yeah. talk we do talk about young elite. athletes elite athletes right and not just uh <laughs> not just young athletes but novice athletes despite age too yeah because yeah. like you can have a 16 year old coming in first time training yeah they yeah yeah exactly and the, whereas here it's like 16 years old they're four years into training yeah you know, it, for it, us all right so we got Snatch variations, cleans, jerks. Which ones you use for sports? I know are talked about in there. Like, because certain ones transfer better. For wrestling, we talk about in the book. Too. Yeah. Yep. While you do that, um, what positions you use in the variations? Like, so if you're training a linebacker, you're probably having them pull from blocks a yep. little bit more. Like, yep. just things like that. It's You're never eliminating the full range of motion. But, hey, this power, one. Power production yeah. and peak forces from different. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then after that, then, and it follows the kind of basic layout you use in a day-to-day -day training. Yeah. So we go from technical coordination into absolute strength. Yeah. Like, all right, squat, let's pull. I think <laughs> this is where a lot of people are just so, so, it's so standard. It's like so normal for people. But like one of the things that I think you'll see is the amount of volume that we'll hit. Um, but also the benchmarks. I think the benchmarks are in yes. the app, if I remember. The benchmarks are that. And I think that that's going to be the biggest, most important factor that people can take out of the book and out of the course and be like, all right, here's the benchmarks and here's the applied part of the course. How can we put these together? And then how can I sit down with some of my athletes and actually talk about benchmarks and establish benchmarks for other sports as well? And I think that that. It, it, it's using absolute strength, and, and I think that that's the most that's the biggest shortcoming of like the functional world is like I don't give a crap if you're doing reflexive work with 16 year olds and you're doing Joel Seedman style training, and then it, you you can do that all you want, but if you meet a kid who's power cleaned or full cleaned, he's only ever power clean, he's only only ever bench press, and he's only ever back squatted, the dude who's power cleaned bench press, back squat, will ruin this dude over here. And that's sort of the lesson, I think, out of absolute yeah. strength. Is it's like the engine, the building of the engine can take a lot longer than people realize. And you do a good job, you know, I mean, we, we talk about the, yeah. the example of a 600, you know, this crazy example. Yeah, 600-pound back A 600-pound back squatter 
that moves, you know, we have two two examples of a 600 pounder on this side, 600 pounder on this side. 40 inch vertical, 20 inch vertical. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, like, all right, what, what does that why mean? Why is that? Like, yeah, yeah, what can we do with that? And I why think, is someone so strong but so unathletic? Like, yeah, and I think that we clarify that point and what athlete or what coaches yeah. can do out of that. The other thing I like about the benchmark too is it gives you this like target that filters back to the purposeful journey and like the goal setting. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, you want to start for your high school team. Yeah. All right, yeah, well, yeah, you need yeah. to be able to back squat 275 probably. Yeah. Oh, you want to be a D1 athlete? Well, we need to probably be closer to 440, 405 yeah. for reps. Yeah. And it, it like, it doesn't, it doesn't lie to the athlete. Yeah, it's, it's creating where they can go and then how they have to establish that mentally and how you as a coach still have to go back yeah. and establish and that. Yeah, I, and I, that's one of the things I love about the benchmarks and the absolute strength and all the things, like that idea of how it filters back. Yeah, to the purposeful journey. Yeah, yeah. and it, it comes back to that. It's like, yo, this is what you want. This is what you said you want. And then that goes into the accountability too, right? Yep. It just gives you all these tools to be a better coach. Yeah. Through like, hey, this is your goal. This is what you want. Who, yeah. Like, if you want your athletes to be better, follow this. Yeah. All right, we get that. And then usually accessory, Yeah. your favorite dynamic trunk control. Yeah, I think this is a little bit more, it's a little simpler in the fact that it's like, look, fine, you know, we talk about the problem areas, trunk, knees, ankles, shoulders, and back, right? So yeah. it's like, I mean, trunk's not a problem area. It's usually just an area that we target, but it's like, where are the areas like shoulders? And I think you even, I keep saying you, I think we mentioned yeah, yeah. like, all right, shoulders, shoulders and knees, and then even working from the ground up. Yeah, the first ankle. ankle and then shoulder. And it's, I think that's where it's like that example and working the ankle to fix a knee issue or even a back issue or even an alleviating a shoulder problem. And then also with the upper body working from the top down, shoulder, then then working into other areas of the elbow or, or you know, back even from the upper body too is like it, it really, it teaches the coach how to understand accessories and how to, how to prescribe effective accessories based off of what might be happening with that specific individual. Yeah, and the cool thing about that too, like I love it, it almost like reflects like when you t we talk about the um the bottom up and top down, like the way the body responds sort of like, you know, like you don't have time to think about cut. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how you teach that from the, like the kinesthetic <clears throat> vocabulary. It's almost that same concept about like, all right, we're going to work bottom up now. Like yeah. well, yep. let's start with the ankle. If the ankle's moving fine, well the knee's probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the knee, like, okay, injuries happen there, but it's it's usually it happens from open skill yeah. in the sport. Like it, it's usually traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if it's not the ankle, it must be the hips then. So now you know where to address. Like right. and it sort of gives you like a triage type of thing, a way to go. And then we same thing with the arms. Like you're gonna start with the shoulder, because like that's where it starts from. The movement yes. begins. Yeah. Um no, I think that's, that's yeah. exactly. I think that's probably the best case there is like it's literally just like, hey, think this way when you're programming. Yeah. And again, it's 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 giving you this open book of like, think this way and you'll have the best solution. Yeah, it's not saying, well, you have to do this, this, and this to get there. It's like, consider this. Yeah. Now, how would you address that? Yeah. Yeah. And if like, so, I feel like we're buying you paint. More than telling you to color in the book. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good Like, point. you know what I, like, here you go. <laughs> what can you come up with? Yeah, get creative. Yeah, and I, I like that. All right, so then we start getting into, like, speed, so like, plyo, yeah. speed running. So speed, plyos, to me, and, and I think this is probably going to be one of the big ones uh, for a lot of people, is just understanding speed outside of like speed ladder training and seeing it through uh, starting and then acceleration and really just seeing what speed is through the, that lens and then max velocity, max mechanics and what that means um, for, for sports uh, and how that can be applied. What is, is max speed ever truly applied in sports and very rarely. And then talking about, you know, 
training starting positions and, and acceleration and then mentioning basketball courts and and uh, you're never going to get the max. Yeah, is it actually like long enough to do that? Yeah, and then same same even to a point, you know, playing soccer with a ball and, and equipment in others in other sports, and then sort of lumping that together with the plyometrics as well, where where the discussion not necessarily in the book, but here it would be how can we train coordination to fall in line with specific sports just like we do the speed work you know acceleration start and then uh co-contractions and, and reactiveness based off of specific sports unilateral bilateral yeah I, the one thing i loved about the plyometric part was the the talking of deceleration yeah yeah like just and also then how that relates to like your de- your dynamic trunk control to like with and everything sort of you know feedbacks and yep comes back together and like to decelerate. And it's, I think the example too is through volleyball. Yeah. Like you have to practice proper landing mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. And the better your landing mechanics are, so your deceleration with things, the m- more capable then you are to accelerate. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It, it's amazing how the idea of being able to put on the brakes can actually make you faster. Yeah. Yeah. If you can control that. And it's like, well, plyometrics can teach that. Yeah. Um, and then also too, the one thing I love is how um, there's almost like a step-by-step how to introduce plyometrics. Yep. Like yeah, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. hey, I got this eight-year-old. Even the stutter like, steps. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Oh, Dude, my, I forgot all about that. That's, I'm so there's glad so you say much that. In, in that section where someone's going to read it and be like, oh, my gosh, finally, yeah. it makes sense. It's like, wow. Oh, my. God. Dude, you can see it. You can play it out <laughs> when you're reading it. And, and this is, again. Yeah. I, I'm reading the book as though... I had nothing to do with it, and I'm going. I can see this happening. Like, oh, I forgot all about that part too. That part is gold. Yeah. Uh, what Dane's talking about, and what I'm just like, I'm like happy moment type of thing. Um, it talks about watching an athlete jump. Yeah. And just watching them land. Can you jump anymore with how pathetic your legs are? Hi, no. <laughs> I, I'm not lying. It, that was one of the. First things that went when I started running long distances, my ability to jump. And I was someone who could do like a 48-inch box jump for doubles. Yeah, like at like 35 years old. Like I, I wasn't. Yeah, a you slouch. had springs. Yeah, like um, no, like a th- I can hit a 30-inch box jump, but like it's not like it doesn't feel like this is nothing. It feels like I'm I'm putting so effort. Yeah. So you're like the eight-year-old kid that we're talking about. Yeah, I am. <laughs> But I love, it just talks about, watch them land. What do they do with, what happens? Yeah. yeah. Do their hips just sink to the ground? So, like, essentially their hamstrings. And their almost not even cueing them on anything. Yeah. Let, let them teach you what's going on. Yeah. And you can assess. Watch their feet. Like, does the, the left foot land in the right? Yeah. Does one foot land in front of the other? Do you see, like, an uneat, when they jump, does, like, one leg come up first? And yeah, it's almost yeah, like, yep. a, like a, a skip or a hop up to it. Yeah. And there's just... um. The, my favorite one too, and I remember this kid was a good athlete. I was watching it, and he would um, he could jump so high, but every time he'd land, he'd do the little bunny hop, you know, like oh, Aiden, the, yeah, the quick doop boop, yeah. the double every time, and yeah. I, and we were like, we just started talking. I was like, well, how do you stop that? Yeah, like what do you do to eliminate that? And it was like it was like, all right, cool, we have a pro- like a little theoretical problem. Yeah, there's a time. problem. We can create that solution. Yeah. And then that leads to helping other people fu- fix their problems. Yeah. And it, it was just cool. Like, hey, just watch them land like plyometrics. And now you're talking about that. I'm remembering like, but see, but, but the example that you just provided, the plyometric movement is happening at a high speed. And it and when it happens at a high speed, it teaches you the the result or the problem in a glaring form that you might not see at a slower speed in absolute strength. But then what's crazy is you can actually teach it and fix it with absolute strength or trunk work or reflexive work or technique and And coordination. You get into that too. Like we get into that with the plyometrics, how you introduce them, like start off with bilateral work. Yeah. Once they have bilateral work, you can introduce the unilateral work here and there, like to to start with the balance and it's harder. Don't contrast train with the unilateral yeah. Athlete day. Right, right. All right, we want a second day. This is where contrast training comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the yeah. absolute work like you were talking. More than that, you're probably overdoing it. Yeah, yeah, you're like, going to get beat up and it's not going to be effective. And you should probably just lift more. Yeah. That's one thing, too, I would say is 
oftentimes with high school kids, actually, you know, a little off topic with the book, but more so practicality is like, yeah, plyometrics are amazing. Jumping's amazing. It's phenomenal. But there's a lot of kids that they just need, if they just get into lifting, dude, they could lift for 12 months before you even introduce plyos. Yeah. And then when you bring plyos in, you'll see a, a bigger spike. So. Yeah. And anyway. th- so we were, plyo speed, we were talking about, talked about, you made the comment real quick, maximum mechanics, like, yeah, teach it, but like, yeah. it's very rare that like, that's the instance, like, right. you're up to that. And yeah. Uh, with a lot of open field sports, it's very position dependent too. Yeah, wide receiver, running back, probably. Not much else. Yeah, there's so much acceleration as a safety, as a linebacker. You know, lacrosse, you're playing with a stick. Field hockey, you've got a stick. It, that's the other thing and too. It, uh, we didn't talk the equipment. equipment. Yeah, we mentioned that. We go over that in the book. It's all like yeah. You know, you know, at Burke's Catholic, we would have kids doing plyometric work and, and speed work with helmets on. Yeah. It's like that that comes into play. It teaches you how to move, like, and how absolute strength helps you move with equipment better. Yep. yep. Even holding your trunk with yep. that, like, with the equipment on. Oh, man. So much. This is fun. It, it, it's almost too, like, it's almost like looking back at, like, baby, like, baby pictures. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then you get into nutrition. Okay. Um, or we get into that. And the big things there, big takeaways, um, total daily energy expenditure. Yeah. More so about like, yo, you have to fuel the body to train. Yeah. I think that's the biggest failure with coaches. And then this goes back to the purposeful journey in the beginning. Accountability. Yeah. Is is this is part of the accountability and this is part of sports performance development. And one of the things I brought this up to, to Earl was, this came, you know, we we are publishing this, you know, days, weeks after Nicholas Singleton won like the award for being the greatest high school football player in the country. Like that, you know, he's on the cover right here. Like yeah. the best high school football player in the country is on the cover of this book. And I think what's cool is like there's a kid who trained since sixth, fifth grade, right? Yeah. All the way till till he graduates. And it's like and there's nothing when you see the training videos that say, oh, that kid's going to be the best. Yeah, right. Like Nothing. It, Other than he was just committed. You yeah. Know? And, and, and the thing, you know, going back to the nutrition here is, is that one of the biggest things with Nick was that he was running hills. He was lifting. He was doing plyometric work. He was training during COVID in his garage, you know, with no squat rack, just doing crazy stuff. But committed. And the, the big thing is if you ask him what he eats – He'd say, I like salmon, I like chicken, I like potatoes, uh, I like steak, I like protein, I like, you know, vegetables, everything. Uh, vegetables, uh, uh, fruit, and he will tell you every bit of food that he likes because he's engaged in that recovery from an early right. from an early start. It was like, yo, you got to eat well to recover well. You got to eat your vegetables to feel good. You got to, you got to... Uh, Make sure that you're getting enough protein so you can recover. Make sure that you're, you know, and then it was like, you know, end of eighth grade, he's saying, hey, can I take creatine? Yeah, you can take creatine. It was like, oh, I can take creatine? Yeah, but you got to make sure you're still eating enough protein and that you're still getting yeah. your vegetables and potatoes. Oh, dude, I love I love sweet potatoes with, with butter <laughs> and cinnamon. And it's like that, it, it's, it's that story is something that it misses the boat with so many people who are dealing with high school athletes and collegiate athletes that it it plays such an important role to the whole journey in general because then when they're done as athletes they still value that that nutritional yeah, aspect. Yeah, you taught them something yeah, like practical. Big long-term. skill like yeah. yo this is going to help you live to longer like right. bank more years in your life. Um you brought up supplements, you mentioned creatine too. That's in there. Yeah, yeah. Like how to prioritize it's not an, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, an anabolic. Yeah. I mean, it's anabolic, but it's not an agent that's banned. Yeah. It's like, when do you, uh, how do you prioritize? When do you introduce it? Why you should wait? Like, hey, yeah. you may run into problems with creatine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would, but People. it's it's there. Yeah. And like, how you do that, how important protein is. Dane loves his protein. You love protein. <laughs> you love your protein. I do. Carbs. Cre- you know our creatine is uh, uh, vegan. BFM. Yeah. 
think it's vegan. Yeah, it's gotta be vegan. Well, I'm a vegetarian. I'm still like the vegans would probably condemn me with some of the stuff I eat still. So, so going back to that, even with the carbs, is like a lot of people, a lot of dads especially, will be like, "Wow, I want to keep carbs a little low." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, why, dude? You dude, and your this, beer, keep yeah, it, like, yeah, exactly. You and your dad bod. I, I don't want carbs. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, right? Yo, give me my carbs. I'm going for a half marathon run today. <laughs> well, I that's need the thing. That. It's like like somebody like Nick. Oh, you're gonna come in and lift for an hour and a half after you just practice for two and a half hours Yo, mm-hmm. you need a lot of carbs like to feel good so that we can get through this training session up, and recover for tomorrow yep. so i think i think you know that analysis right there is like it's basically giving you that coaching top down working through the programs or working through the position the, the pieces seeing as this big program and then closing out with nutrition which isn't a fancy you know it's not the bells and whistles the that closer that some people might want, but it's like, you've got to yeah. figure out how, how much energy you're burning as an athlete and how to recover it's properly. It's funny you say that with the closer, because like with the recovery too, is like it essentially transfers from like, yo, before you come in the gym, we need to have this set. This, yeah. Like between yeah. us, what's going on? When you're in the gym, this is what you're going to do. And now when I send you home, I still have two things left for you to yeah, do. Yeah, this like, is what you got to do. Here's your nutrition. Here's your recovery. Hey, yeah. I need you to do some yoga. I need yeah. you to do some passive stretching. Some meditation. Yeah, like yep. I need this out of you. And it's like it's almost like it's cool how it's that full circle. Like, hey, as a coach, you can make these ass out of the – like you can ask this out of these athletes yep. if you're doing your part. And they'll then they don't buy into it, and they'll expect that you expect them to yeah. do that part. And it's amazing, it's awesome. All right, Dane. Before we get to the audience questions, okay. This whole process, yeah. You got any stories or your favorite part of it? I I think I think for me it was it was the uh, Singleton story. I think I said that off camera, didn't I? You may have. It yeah. probably was. I, I, I think that's my whole thing. Is it's like. Uh, coming out with this and it's like Jan Jan's also on the cover and you're looking at it, it's like all right so we got like uh some pretty savages here and it's I, I think Nicholas being on the cover but also him graduating the number one recruit in the country um you know Gatorade player of the year nationally and 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 statewide as well um and that just it's like the proof's in the pudding but it's also like I don't even know if I, I should say it more so. It's like the work that we've done since he was here is in the book. Yeah. And it's like, that's how he got there. That's literally the, how he got there and, and seeing it come to fruition all at the same time. And then ironically, you know, this is coming, this is out. And two days ago, he runs a four, four, seven and testing at Penn state. And yeah. It's like, yo. And that was the laser test. That wasn't. Yeah, that was a laser test. It's not the like hand clock. And then he did a 10-5 broad and benched 245 for 15 afterwards and had a 35-inch vertical after all that. Nice. Same day testing. So it's like, dude, that's freaking crazy. And that's all from the work we did. Is he 6'2 or 6'3? He was 219 when he weighed in. He's 6'2. All right. I was going to say like. But 219. shorter than his dad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's probably, I mean, he might grow a little more. I yeah. don't know how much more. He's probably close to being, but he's, dude, he's probably going to graduate at 240. Yeah. And running a 447. Because what, is he 18 yet? He just turned 18 okay. last week. Yeah. Man. So I think that's my favorite story. It's like, it's like taking what we did and, and the thoughts and the effort and the training, and it's like, you can get it. Anybody out there can get this book, can get the course, can learn from it and achieve the same stuff. It's funny though, like, you talk about Nick a lot because Nick's like a pinnacle type yeah. of athlete. Yeah. There's like 10 others down there well, that, yeah. that are, if not more, that are D1 too. Well, that's what's crazy when we had the last podcast and you're like, how many people are down there? And yeah. Trevor and I were trying to figure out who had more state titles, but I was just Trevor thinking, does. That, that, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to make Trevor a banner. Most state titles coach <laughs> at Garage Strength. But what's crazy is when, when you're down there and you're looking around and you're going, like, everybody in here is an all-state football player, all-state mm-hmm. soccer player, uh, state champ, all-Americans, like, uh, national champ, world team members. It's like, yeah, dude, this is wild. And just real quick, too. Not everyone. There, there are like other There's people. Kids. Yeah, and there are young kids, yeah. like young young kids. Yeah, they're training, and then there's other people that I feel had the mindset. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. That are here too. Yeah. And you see that a lot. And you can see the drive. Right. And you'll see their success manifest in other a- like other avenues. Or, or even like one, one thing Jake brought this, brought this up. We had like five kids get like first or second at counties in wrestling this past weekend. And it's like, you know, we're not Lehigh Valley, but it's still pretty good wrestling. Yeah. It's not Lehigh, but it's, it's probably like the third or fourth best area in the state. Yeah, outside Pittsburgh, uh, probably around State College, and then us after Lehigh yeah. number one. District 11 is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Just My child right now is not good. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> that, uh, he even pointed that out. He's like, dude, just like we have kids in this in the Berks County finals that come in and they're like, they get second at counties and they're like all upset. And it's like, dude, you got second at counties. There's 19 schools in the county. Yeah. And like eight of them are really good at wrestling. Eight of them will send probably five or six kids to the states. Like, and it's okay. It's, it's rough too when you're always around the best of the best yeah to think like you those kids that are like second even winning count like they're probably better than 97 percent of the people out there yes except they're around the people that are better than like all but nine people in the world (laughs) so it's like the bar is super high (laughs) i think that's what makes it cool though yeah so what's your favorite story my favorite story Man, other than the fact that you still need a shower here, um, <laughs> training, uh, how we decided to, and I think I said this last time, we decided to t- start reading Bosch. Yeah. We decided to read someone who's incredibly like scientific, academic jargon while we're doing this and talking about afferent and efferent signals yeah. for I don't know, after meeting, discussing, like, the notes and then taking another two hours to talk about that. Yeah. Like, completely nerding out about something. And I don't know. That's just fun And then for complaining me. about it, like, how was somebody... That, that I think, okay, so yeah. that's actually a good example. Outside of it's, uh, resisting the attack on Berkashansky, my attack on Bosch is, like, one, he doesn't... He says how good absolute strength training is, but then doesn't do it. But my other problem with that book... Who reads that book and goes, okay, this is what I can do when I go into training tomorrow. Like, you can't read it, like, and, yeah. <laughs> and take it away as, like, I'm going to take this and I know exactly how I'm going to apply this into training. And I think that's what might have inspired this to be more of, like, yo, this is you, something you can take and go directly into training tomorrow. Yeah, like, here's this Just look at the table of contents. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to change, I'm going to change the way I w- write my program and I'm going to do... Technical coordination, absolute strength, accessory. Nice. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I had any other moments. The initial meeting was fun because I didn't know, like, so, Jason, Taman, and all that were going to come over to. So my next question would be, for the next book, you know, this is 10 months away. That What? That it's coming out? No. it's not, Or that we're going to start going in on it? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so for the, for the, for the, uh, the uh, the um, the thing that you, that you were calling about going to Aspen. Oh, the the retreat. The retreat. Okay, so for the retreat, Earl didn't do any intoxicants that nope, night nope. of the retreat because I had to. You I had to drive was going home. back home. I didn't have to. I could have probably spent there, but I'm I'm not good at sleeping on couches. I am a pre Madonna. I want to sleep in my okay, bed, especially fair. as an old man. See, I, dude, what's funny with me is I as I get older, I can sleep. Dude, I went to World Champs and slept for an entire week on two chairs that I pushed together. You know what? I can sleep anywhere now. Superpowers that I don't have. I am envious. My of- dad had it, so I think uh, it was just genetic. I don't. Uh, anyway, when we do the retreat for the next one, do we spend like a weekend? Or is it just like a day? What is it? A weekend would be fun. Do we have family there? We would, I don't, I am not against having them, but we need moments of isolation. Yeah, okay. Like, where it's almost like a, a like, vacation-ish, but hey, there's work moments yeah. built in. Okay. I think that would. So we should plan that out. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good idea. Way to go, Dane. Yeah, we're going to go to I'm Eugene, Oregon, do a whole bunch of drugs and alcohol, 
and start to write I the next book. I was out Portland. I don't. Eugene's a little cooler than Portland. I mean, we can go wherever. I'm just making yeah. up. I'm just I'm throwing out. To... I'm not saying that's where we're going. You're like, I'm I don't want to go there. I really want to go to Aspen, you know. I don't want to go to Aspen either. I don't like. I prefer Vail. Yeah, Jackson Hole, dude. No, yeah. Lake Tahoe. While we're at the it. most, ex- yeah, exactly, the most expensive yeah, places I'll, in I'm America. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I prefer the Swiss Alps. Anyway, yo, Europe would be awesome. <laughs> For our next book, we're gonna figure out: is it a day retreat? Is it a two-day weekend? <laughs> Family involved? Is it around an event, or are we just solely focused? And do we accomplish more outside of that? Do we start to work on it? So that's yeah, we. Two questions. Okay, let's go. All right, subreddit. Bid and feck. B-Y-D and F-E-C-H-T. Can you read that one? Top one. Bid and feck, yeah. Okay. That one's weird. I don't get it. You're smarter than me, whoever that person is. I don't... It's bid and feck. Yeah. Bid and effect. Bin infected. Oh. Uh, Okay, I couldn't get the pun. How do you recommend someone with some barbell training history get started with Olympic weightlifting? I would just say start with a bar and and watch our watch our YouTube videos on technique, buy our technique stick, and yeah, start practicing. Do the movements. Yeah, do them over and over again. We actually had a good trainer meeting this morning with our guys where it was like. How do you differentiate that the person just needs reps versus they're like actually is a roadblock? Because getting reps in and, and getting experience is not a roadblock. It's just timing. It's just yeah. Timing. What would be a roadblock? Like something with their ankles or shoulder? Or like, or just... like they're afraid to drop in the hole. Oh, you really see that as a roadblock? Yeah. Toughen up. Ride a BMX bike or something. <laughs> yeah, go do fucking backflips. <laughs> yeah, do something where you fall. Um, Mushroom Ninja. I like that name. Ooh. I like see him like with the psilocybin yeah. type of thing. I don't know. There's Santa Claus behind him. This was from the YouTube community. Is it safe to train, isolate the lateral rotator group? I learned those muscles work extensively with the glutes, especially for athletes like wrestling and soccer. The lateral rotator group. In the shoulder or the hip? It just says rotator group. I think when they're saying glutes. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. yeah, you can't isolate anything. You love bodybuilding. Yeah. We didn't talk about the bodybuilding stuff in there. Yeah, there's a lot of bodybuilding stuff and how that essentially can yeah. be like the foundation of the development. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. It's safe to isolate any muscle group. And in fact, it's beneficial. In fact, right. I'd say do it. Especially a protecting lot. joints and yeah. eliminate it. Creating like, more stability. Less likelihood for injuries. Yeah. All right. Masters of sport. Head over to GarageRank.com, pick up the Sports Performance Bible and course. Until next time, freaks, cultivate your power. Peace.